Al Bat, Birding with Bat. Hey, good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. I want to say uh, right up front, happy birthday to my lovely bride, Gail. Oh, yes. Who, uh, birthday is uh, Thursday, February 4th, and also to her birthday twin, Tim Scott. Oh, happy birthday, both of them. Yay. Yeah, and we always get together every year, but uh, oh, we're, we're not doing it. I, my birthday's in March, so I suggested we just have a big party for me and kind yeah. of forget about everybody else. <laughs> but so, so kind. far, that's, uh, <laughs> it's got mixed reviews. Yeah. There's been kind of one that's been in favor of that. <laughs> um, and Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, sage of sages, the prognosticator of prognosticators and weather prophet extraordinary. Um, he that was proclaimed by the Punxsutawney Ground Club or Groundhog Club way back in 1887. And mm-hmm. It must have been. I bet it was hard to become a member of that club, is what I'm thinking. They uh, also declared they had a lot of power because they declared Punxsutawney to be the weather capital of the world. And as I imagine most everybody knows, Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow. Yes. And that predicts six more weeks of winter, which has to be a real big surprise for everybody in Minnesota, saying <laughs> who would have thought we'd have six more weeks. You know, and Al, though, re- I read from the good old Farmer's Almanac, he's only right 39% of the time, so if I'm a betting person, I don't think he has really great odds. No, and I see some of the newspapers' accounts and things where they talk to somebody from out there, they round it up to 40%, so oh. it sounds a little better. <laughs> so, okay. You know, if he sees his shadow, we'll have six more weeks of winter, and if he doesn't, uh, it'll be six weeks until spring. So it's uh, it's the same either way. Uh, the Minnesota... DNR Bald Eagle Cam is on again, and you can find it just by going Minnesota DNR Bald Eagle Cam. There's, I don't believe, a lot of activity there. There is a pair, I believe, a uh, an experienced female who has a young male um, who is doting on her this year. Uh, last year's nesting there, there was uh, the last chick to hatch. There was three hatched. The last one to hatch perished after a couple of weeks. And so two that successfully fledged, one died shortly after fledging when it collided with a power line. And the fate of the third chick is unknown. So it's, uh, it, but it's fun looking at that too. It's like the one in Decora, only this one is the Minnesota version of that. Uh, I read something. Somebody sent this to me, and and thank you for doing that. It was somebody, a a friend from Canada, sent this to me. And it was the end of the obituary of a Margaret M. D. Adder of Moncton, New Brunswick. And it read, in lieu of flowers, the family asks that you do something nice for somebody else unexpectedly and without explanation. We love you, Mom, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. And that just, uh, that got me. Uh, I saw a red fox. A red fox stay warm with their thick winter coats. An adult rarely retreats to the den in winter. Uh, the female and the mother will go in there when she has uh, kits or pups. But the adults mainly will curl into a ball in the open 
and use its bushy tail to wrap around its nose and foot pads instead. And I've looked through spotting scopes and seen foxes blanketed in snow. A uh, bunch of juncos on my, that's a uh, scientific term, bunch of juncos. Uh, they're gray birds that brighten a gray day. So it's nice to see them. And this time of year, I discover that happiness is in the bag. Sunflower seeds. I put out sunflower seeds and wonderful things happen. Chickadees move to and from the feeders just foo 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 at the rate of the candy on an I Love Lucy TV episode, the one where Lucy and Ethel got jobs as candy makers at Kramer's Candy Kitchen, and they worked in the wrapping room assembly line where their task was to wrap every chocolate candy as it went by on a conveyor belt. And the speed of the conveyor, of course, got faster and faster, and it forced them to eat the candies or stuff the sweets into their hats or blouses. But it, uh, these little guys just move like that, back and forth. A friend, Penny Jacobson of Albert Lee, called to recommend a book, and I'm always happy to hear about books. And this is uh, one that's been around for a while, and it's called Braiding Sweetgrass, Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge, and the Teachings of Plants. It's a nonfiction book by Robin Wall Kimmerer, and it's published by Milkweed. And it's a wonderful book, and the odd thing is Penny called to recommend it, and I'm reading it. So I was kind of in the midst of it when she called. So uh, I was going to say great minds think alike, but I was afraid I'd offend Penny by (laughs) comparing her mind to mine. I haven't seen a chipmunk in the yard since New Year's Day. I had a Christmas chipmunk, and then it became a New Year's Day chipmunk. Chipmunks, I I think they hibernate, but there's some dispute there. Chipmunks hibernate in winter, but they don't sleep through the season. And hibernation means something different to each species. Some call the chipmunks not a hibernation. It's a torpor. Either way, it's a restless hibernation. They retreat to their burrows, and they wake every few days to raise their body temperatures to normal, feed on stored food rather than um, fat reserves, and to visit the restroom. And their heart rate, this is why I think they're, they're hibernating, their heart rate declines from 350 beats per minute to 4 beats per minute. Wow. Their See, torpor sounds like a word, a deathly word. It sounds like if you were going into a torpor, that sounds like a, a horror word to me. <laughs> well, uh, I know a lot in my family go into torpor after the Thanksgiving meal <laughs> every year in front of the football game on TV. They sit down, and uh, the only thing that can wake them is if you turn off the TV. Then everybody perks up and say, hey, we were watching that. No, nobody was watching that. Uh, the chipmunks also, their body temperature drops from, it's probably 94 degrees or so, and then it'll drop to whatever the burrow is, maybe mm. 40 degrees. So, I had uh, five pheasants and four fox squirrels foraging under the feeders, and all was calm. Then another fox squirrel dropped from a feeder. And, oh, panic ensued. It became that Monty Python skit of the foot race for people with no sense of direction. They just, birds and squirrels every which direction. And I recalled a day years before when our house cat was bird watching from a window holding a feeder attached by suction cups. 
And as the feline watched, a squirrel dropped from the roof of the house in a superhero attempt to find access <laughs> to that feeder. And the weight of the squirrel knocked the feeder from the glass, and the cat's eyes grew larger as it turned and looked at me as if to say, that's why I watch birds. We had uh, eight pheasants became eight lumps in a bent tree in the gathering darkness just outside my office window here. Roosting in trees is a predator avoidance behavior. I mentioned uh, one day going for a walk and my eyes produced tears as I walked into the east wind and somebody asked, what's the proverb for that? Well, it's when the wind is in the east, tis neither good for man nor beast. When the wind is in the north, the skillful fisher goes not forth. When the wind is in the south, it blows the bait in the fish's mouth. And when the wind is in the west, then tis at the very best. Uh-huh. It's a, There's a lot of truth to all those old proverbs. I uh, heard from Dan Kelly. Uh, Dan's a, a good guy, friend. He's the editor of the bulletin board at the St. Paul Pioneer Press. And he sent me some photos of a barred owl in his yard, and barred owls are all with the dark eyes. Uh, Brenda Katasik of St. Peter, she sent a photo of a female red-winged blackbird. She has 40 to 50 wild turkeys and a yard filled with deer. My <laughs> wife counted, I think, at least nine deer in Brenda's yard. Uh, white-tailed deer, they're grazers, for much of the year, but they turn into browsers in the wintertime. Betsy Kerr said a red-breasted nuthatch appeared briefly at our feeders, a rare occurrence in the first this season that I've seen. And another note, ever since fall, we've had a group of one male cardinal with three females consistently present. I don't recall this kind of grouping in past winters. Well, you've never had a superstar, uh, a rock star cardinal before. I'm sure that's what's going on. Uh, Ann and Jim McGuire, wonderful folks from Mankato, sent me a photo of a deer with, oh, it had this large growth on its body. And I've seen cysts and hernias on deer, but this has the look of fibroma, and there are skin tumors caused by. Uh, papilloma virus and the manner of transmission isn't uh, fully understood and the ones I've seen not that I've seen all that many but I've seen some have been on the head neck and forelegs and I believe those therefore are probably the most common locations it's most often found in bucks under two years of age it doesn't affect humans it's not a significant cause of deer death it's a it's a wart-like condition. It's a fibroma, uh, fibro, what are they else? Uh, fibromatosis, I believe, is another thing they call it. And it could be something else, maybe from an Im- Im- injury. I I don't know, but it, oh, it was just a, mm. it was sad looking. And I hope hope the deer does all right. Uh, Kate Crowley said we talked to Karen, you and I, about blue urine marks in the snow, blue snow, don't eat the blue snow. Kate says, I've never seen blue marks in the snow. 
And I didn't know buckthorn could cause that. Thankfully, we don't have any buckthorn on our property, though we do have rabbits and deer and must sense all the flowering shrubs and fruit trees to keep them from being browsed. We had a couple inches of fluffy snow overnight, and it was beautiful to ski through the diamond crystals that covered the fields. Uh, Kate Crowley and her husband, Mike Link, wrote a book called Going Full Circle, and it's a wonderful book about walking around Lake Superior. Uh, Susan Kennedy said, For the first time I can remember, I have a group of four or five flickers that visit my heated bird bath. When they fly away, I see yellow, so I suppose that makes them yellow-shafted flickers. They're very friendly with each other, and at least one is a male. And for another first, I had a pileated woodpecker visit my sunflower heart feeder, even though he was bigger than the feeder. Yeah, I've had that happen too, Susan. I got so excited about seeing him there, and I just uh, took a photo of it. I thought, boy, he's about four times bigger than the feeder he's on. Uh, Ryan Shackleton said, I saw a group of six to eight gray partridges uh, on Eisenhower, <clears throat> on Eisenhower on-ramp. That's mile 183 by Mason City. Uh, Lorna Byers of Holland, Minnesota, sent me a photo of a red screech owl. I see many, many more gray screech owls. These are eastern screech owls, and they do red ones. Amos Vogel, who lives uh, outside of Morgan, I talked on, uh, I can't remember what week, I, uh, maybe last week, about days getting longer on both ends, meaning we're getting uh, a little stretch of daylight on both ends. And uh, Amos says, on the subject of days getting longer on both ends, I was wondering if that meant that we would be having more than 24 hours in a day. And if that happened, will our weeks get shorter or longer? That way I could have a better chance of catching up on things that I haven't got done, especially in the nothing-to-do department. Once you start doing nothing, there's so much of that to do, you may have to hire help. Well, thanks, Amos. Good to hear from you. Uh, Tom Bovers. Uh, in Rice County saw an American coot, a great blue heron, a winter wren, and a yellow-rumped warbler. Andrew Nihus was also birding in Rice County, saw a western meadowlark and a varied thrush. Brian Smith saw a merlin in Mankato. Uh, Stephen Hudek was in Lesseur County, 165th Avenue, saw an eastern bluebird. Gerald Hoekstra took a beautiful photo of a snowy owl perched on a utility pole in Rice County. And Susan Kirchberg saw a rough-legged hawk in Rice County. So a lot of stuff going on in Rice County, which is, uh, yeah, it should be. There's a lot of stuff going on everywhere. But for some reason, they were all seeing them. Speaking of snowy owls, I got a uh, note from KL, uh, the initials, said, how many snowy owls have been seen in Minnesota this winter? because we all think of those years when, oh, it just seems like everybody's seeing one, probably everybody but you. us, or everybody <laughs> right. but you, yeah, saying, oh, I saw nine of them over there, and say, boy, I'm just trying to see one. This is as of January 31st. There have been 72 observations in 16 counties in Minnesota of snowy owls. 
there's Becker, Kitson, Marshall, Pine, Polk, and St. Louis, northern counties. And then down here is uh, Benton, Dodge, Hennepin, Lacquaparl, Lesseur, Martin, Rice, Stearns, Stevens, and Watanwan. So there are uh, there are some about. It isn't a, a what we would think of as a huge eruption year, but they certainly can be seen. And as I wish every year, I, I wish everybody gets to see a snowy owl because they are incredible. The photo I saw from Gerald Hoekstra is a beautiful male. He's just uh, not pure white, but getting right there. Uh, where do the same uh, listener, KL, said, where do the sandhill cranes that we have here go in the winter? Uh, Sandhill cranes do nest around here, and they uh, Minnesota birds are they'd be considered short distance migrants. It seemed uh, quite a ways for us to fly, but for them it's pretty much a piece of cake. So the ones we have here will probably migrate southeast to Georgia and Florida, and birds in western Minnesota, which would be the birds we have here for some listeners migrate south to the Gulf Coast of Texas. So they uh, they have pretty good flights ahead of them, but boy, they're beautiful birds. I love sandhill cranes. I love their dancing. I love their songs. They're just, uh, they're amazing. When uh, are the mating seasons for coyotes and red foxes? <clears throat> yeah, I'm seeing, uh, seeing tracks of when we get a snow, I see the tracks of those. Uh, coyotes mate at probably around two years of age, and they may pair for life. There's, uh, I, I don't know how, what percent happens, but I ever, all the books I've ever read, it says they may or they might pair or they could <laughs> pair for life. The mating season begins in January and lasts through February. And five to seven pups maybe are born in April. Red foxes mate at when they're probably a year old and also in February. And 52 days later, five to ten pups are born. And those little pups are fully independent at seven months. So those cute little guys, they're, boy, they're out of the culvert in a hurry. That seems like a, I, a long time because, you know, a, a dog with puppies, you know, that... It seems like puppies are independent sooner than that, so I'm surprised. Why do they take so long? These little guys have to learn how to hunt and oh, get okay. food, and sure. they got a lot more responsibility. <laughs> They're a ways up on the managerial scale than, uh, uh, than our pups, who are... Uh, Spoiled. In the righteous world, yeah, they're fawned over and taken care of. And, uh, oh, wait, oh, if only that were true about every little puppy and cat that was born. But See, I Al, hope everyone listening here takes care of them. I've yeah. got a, a, a question here from Deb B. And she says, I've got a question for Al. I have a flat wood bird feeder that is a couple of years old. Birds come year-round and have always had cardinals year-round, but they sh they slowed way down in the last month or so, and now nothing. Sparrows either. But I still have chickadees. I only feed black oil sunflower seeds and keep it, keep food in it, but this seed is from a huge bag, which I fill a bucket and keep the rest in the bag until I need to fill the bin. This seed was bought last summer. Any clue what's going on with the cardinals? I'm so bummed. Do I need a new feeder or do I need to sterilize this one? 
Everybody needs a new feeder, uh, and <laughs> if you have chickadees, it's a good it's a good day. I love chickadees. The cardinals, you know, if you can smell any mustiness to oh. that seed, there might be a problem with the seed. I'm not saying for sure there is, but that, that sometimes is the case. I think that this would play a very small part in it, but I I still think it's the case. There are more people feeding birds than ever in the history of this country uh, because of the pandemic. People are watching birds. They're feeding birds at an accelerating. uh, They're just more of them doing it. So maybe the cardinals have, uh, you know, gone over the neighbors. I, I hate to say that they pick the neighbor over you. I'm sure that's not true if they knew you better, but that might be the case sometimes. Sometimes uh, something happens to that kind of line of the family that has been used to being in your yard, but if you keep at it, typically there'll be another group that will move in there if it's a good a good thing. But if you're getting chickadees there, oh, you know, what else does a person need in life other than a chickadee coming to a bird feeder? That is like the perfect day. But it took us years to, uh, we live on a farm, and it just took forever to get cardinals that would spend winters here. They would nest, but then I don't know where they went. And uh, I know how you feel. Boy, we did a little happy dance when we had cardinals here, and now we get them every winter. But I would check I would check that seed. Does she need to sterilize it or sanitize it or something? Is that necessary? The feeder, it never hurts to clean them. Okay. Yeah. But But I like with bleach or anything or do you have to go that far? Oh, it'd be if you do it'd be a real light oh, bleach okay. mixture. Yeah. But I would uh I'd check that seed and maybe, you know, if you're going by a store, just get a little bag of uh seed. And try that in a feeder and see if that makes a difference. And that would be kind of a clue. I feel like but, squirrels but, don't care if it's a little musty or not. They seem like no, they'll because the birds are a little more picky, at least I think. I think birds are a lot fussier. Than, uh, and that's a good thing, you know, because they don't want to eat something that's not, they're not like humans. They don't <laughs> seem to want to eat things that's bad for them. Well, we're more than happy to eat things that probably aren't good for us. But, oh, you know, I'm wishing everybody to see a snowy owl. I'm wishing your cardinals come back. That's that's my great wish. And I'm going to concentrate on that one today, and hopefully it'll come. But give a shot with just a small bag of seed and see if that makes a difference. And I, I hope it does. And I always ask people if there was a change in the neighborhood, if there was a change in your yard, did uh, was brush cleaned out? Did a tree fall down? Uh, things like that can make a great deal of difference also. I've got a question and, for you about cardinals, too. I've seen a, this weekend I saw a couple cardinals come to the feeder, and there was really not much feed left because the deer usually eat it. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go put some seed, some fresh seed out there, just enough for, for them to eat because otherwise the deer will just eat it overnight. So, of course, when you go out, you scare them away. How long does it usually take before they come back? Because it seemed like it was quite a while before they came back. Is there a certain time period where they feel safe again or not necessarily no i don't think so and it probably depends on the individual a lot uh so i boy i have no idea karen i wish i did (laughs) uh i know when uh 
And another thing that might chase Cardinals and things from uh, a feeder that I should mention before I, I forget is a, a, maybe a Cooper's hawk or a Sharpshin hawk mm. or something in the yard. And But still, they usually come to the feeders. They will all disappear. I know a lot of folks that feed birds a lot have looked out and seen just completely deserted feeders that were busy five minutes earlier. And then maybe a half hour later, then they're busy again. And a lot of that is due to these hawks that oh. hunt the feeders. And if they get, birds are pretty smart. You know, if a bird, if a Cooper's hawk catches a bird, the other birds are going to come to the feeders because they, uh, they know they're safe oh. for a while. <laughs> And you you think, well, that's kind of uncaring, but you know you're you're trying to survive out there, get enough to eat and everything. And they are they realize that the the Cooper's hawk's not going to catch them while it's eating another bird. So it's it's one of those things that happen. But boy, thanks for the great question. And I'm always I always feel bad if somebody's not getting the their proper uh, proportion of birds at their feeders. I just think everybody should have them, and I want everybody to have a good time. And, but it's amazing how many people are uh, feeding birds right now. Um, being in the bird seed business, I hope, is good. You know, it's like Zoom, maybe, and some of these other things. Uh, GameStop, perhaps. Uh, stocks. <laughs> So a lot of good things happening out there, and one of those good things, I hope, will be your Cardinals returning. Say, John has a, a text for us here, too. I want to make sure that we get to this before the show is done. He says, get ready for Al to hit a home run. Well, oh, <laughs> He always puts expectation on you, doesn't he? It's a lot of pressure, you know it. What do you call a bad pun written on paper? A bad pun? Pun written on paper. Oh, pen, pun, pun, pen. I have no idea. Terrible. Oh, <laughs> gosh. And here's his advice for us for today. God. Never laugh at your spouse's choices. You are one of them. Do something good today. Adopt a pet peeve from John in New Ulm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we've all adopted a pet peeve here and there. So, and yeah, that's um, yeah. You should you should never make fun of your spouse in any way. But boy, John, that's true. You know, and they made a they chose you <laughs> along the line. They made an excellent choice, right? <laughs> oh. And you're doing a little landscaping. I am. I'm taking a class for the University of Minnesota. It meets for six weeks, three hours every Monday night via the Zoom. They used to do it in person. And I have all this homework. So I've spent a lot of time out in, in the yard at the lake house because they want you to measure everything to the inch and put it on this vellum paper for your plan. So you have to have, you know, the house measured, every single hardscape, whether it's a sidewalk, a driveway, a, a fountain, every single tree so i was out there this weekend with my 25 foot long uh, tape measure measuring from the house to the, the the tree and then i'd have to you know write it down in the cold and and then from this the edge of this uh bed uh this garden bed to then that garden bed and there is not a single 90 degree angle on that place because the house is angled the the um, house is angled on the lot the um Garden beds are all curvy, so let's just say it was a, a frustrating but um, hopefully rewarding um, 
<laughs> hopefully a rewarding uh, uh, exercise. I, I guess that's all I can say. But uh, it was kind of nice just being out there and look out on the lake. There's a lot of people out there ice fishing and uh, so it's nice that people are being able to get out and at least do that now because so many other things we, we can't do. And it's good to use your tape measure, you know. Yes. So <laughs> growing up, we just stepped things off and said, yeah, well, I did be another three inches or something. Put that on there. And, yeah. I did that, too. Actually, I measured my boots, and my boots were like 11 inches. And I'm like, dang. So I'll just have And then I thought, <laughs> well, I'm just going to have to make a little bit more. And so some of them are not quite to the inch. There's, some, there's uh, a little wiggle room, I would have to say, in my measuring. But you know what? When it comes to it, I'll just say i'll throw another shrub in there if there's too much space it'll be close yeah Yeah, you know i i think of things when i'm driving not that i drive much anymore but i was driving down the road and i was thinking back when i was in college which seems like a hundred years ago and it seems like last week at the same time and my car was so old it had both upper and lower plates and it was more comfortable than walking but not as fast. It wasn't a good starter in winter or in any other season, and it had a penchant for becoming stuck in the snow. And I looked at the car now, it has that little screen with the backup mirror and everything. If my car had, that old college car, had been equipped with a backup camera, I could have seen who was pushing it. I worked in college to feed my eating habit and my car's thirst for gas, and my resume at that time could have fit easily on a matchbook cover with room left over for Lincoln's Gettysburg address and probably the first verse of the Star Spangled Banner. I was a school crossing guard in elementary school and got a badge and everything. I arrested people for walking when they shouldn't have. The results were mixed. Just over 99.9% of the perpetrators were acquitted. But I put that job on my resume, and I got a look you could take on a safari from the hirer who said if I knew how to drive a stick. Well, I did. Because you drove tractors when you were a kid. Yeah, and my car had a stick. But I ended up pushing a a big industrial broom with a long wooden handle that was driving (laughs) the stick. Uh, There is no commemorative plaque with my name on it on a wall of that business. Remember, folks, Heartland is well worth driving past. Thanks for listening to me, and uh, thank you, Karen, as always, for your exquisite company. I appreciate you. And uh, Everybody do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. And happy birthday to Gail this week. Yes, please. Happy birthday, Gail. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Al. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. That is our great friend, Al Bat, from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota. It is 1033.